The Review Podcast, yeah. Season. Go go ahead. Season. Dose. Dose. Two. Trois. No, that's three. And Oh, God. Deux. Deux. In French. Um, I don't know any other language. What's Italian? Due. 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 Awe, due. Dumbala. <laughs> All right. Give Hi, me the power. I beg of you. Okay, that's not what this is about. No, we're in season two. This is an entirely different season. We have absolved ourselves of the soul of Charles Lee Ray, and we are moving on to bigger and better things. Hi, Bree. Hi. Uh, how are you today? I'm doing okay, considering. Oh, what happened here? I have no idea. I'm ah, that was weird. Um, I'm doing okay, <laughs> considering I have to work this week and you don't. Yeah, no, we're recording this uh, on Thanksgiving week after being gone and our hiatus for a while. I missed um, it already. I got little Kaido bone fragments <laughs> on my pants um, that I just found. Anyway, um, hi, everybody. Hi, Bree. Welcome to the Review Podcast. My name is Anthony. I'm Bree. And this is a podcast in which we review movies. And then we review movies. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We pick a movie that one of us has seen at least one time and we watch it. Then we get in our little studio here, which is very dirty right now, full of a bunch of different wedding things. Wedding stuff. It's full of wedding stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we come and record and we talk and we gab about movies and uh, many other things under the sun. Yeah, right, the gift of gab. Yes. Um, so, gosh, uh, it's been about a month-ish, less. about a month, a le- little less than a month since our last episode. We uh, Last time you guys might have, we're, we might be time traveling if you guys are uh, listening to these out of order. <laughs> If the last one you listened to was Halloween Ends, that came out October got 20-something, and then now we're time traveling. We're here. We're a month into the future, and it is, uh, as of this recording, it is 11-21. So, My birthday was yesterday. Yeah, Bree's birthday was yesterday. Gosh, what do we need to catch up on? Uh, just uh, just our, our wedding, BSing. I know. Wedding went perfect. Um, if anyone <coughs> was curious, um, it was the best day. We are married. We are married. Married. <laughs> married. <laughs> um, it was a beautiful day. Um, it was very nice weather-wise. Weather-wise, uh, it was like 70 degrees. Except for the wind, but our photographer caught it early and was like, yeah, we're moving inside. And... She was lovely. We have some really great photos. It was just a really good day. And I, I it was say a this, long day. It was a long day. I have to say, though, like looking through the photos where Anthony and I are in them together. She's yawning. Sorry. You could tell like we're in love. And I love that. I love that. I um. I think that's the best part. I think she got like genuine like the way we like look at each other when we think that the other one isn't looking can i can i tell you a little story what's your little story so and if any of my students are listening to this right now you no, guys, you're not. You guys <laughs> are about to be um uh may, maybe we'll lose some trust between us but it's okay because this is what teachers do so a couple weeks ago i was um i, I gave one, my one of my senior classes time to write an essay in class and i knew that they weren't using it 
to their advantage. So we have the spyware software on our computers called Dino. And uh, we can see what's on all of the uh, kids' screens and stuff like that. And I don't normally do anything unless they're doing stuff they're not supposed to be doing, like playing games, watching streaming services. But once in a while, I'll just like get a glimpse, and I don't read people's stuff, but I get a glimpse at like a couple kids talking on Google Chats. And so <laughs> I, uh, I caught a glimpse of it, and while there were some unflattering things to say about me, um, and, and my, the work that I give in my classes, which is unfounded. It is not true, but, um, one girl wrote something on there that I happened to just peruse and read, um, that I thought I didn't, I don't think I ever told you about this, but she wrote something that I was sitting there with my hand on my, on my cheek, on my cheek, just like chilling, like one arm on my armrest or my elbow on my armrest, my hand on my cheek just just relaxing and um it, i had to just come back from getting married and the one girl goes he's always showing off that ring <laughs> <laughs> and uh but then one another girl on there mm-hmm. said um uh, i need to find a man who loves me as much as uh <laughs> he loves his wife so I thought you should know about that. I, and I don't think I ever told you. And today I story. said, I was talking to the kids about my weekend. I said, oh, you know, I spent some time with my husband. And the kids go, oh, you have a husband. And I was like, yeah, I got, remember, like, you were, guys were so excited that I got married. And I, these kids, like, one of them was like, are you going to have babies? <laughs> and I said, not yet. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, wait, wait. Do you think it's weird to, like, refer to me as your husband? It's, you, do you find weird. it weird sometimes? It was weird at first. I, I so think it's. Saying, so, I like stop myself sometimes because I always. I got so used to saying fiance that like, oh, my wife. now I'm like my now wife. <laughs> and, um, when I came back to school, I, the first thing I told my students, I was like, "We did it." I showed them the ring. I'm like, "We got married. We did it." And I said, um, "It's so it's weird referring to her as my wife." I said, "I'm already doing a bunch of Borat impressions. My wife, my <laughs> wife. She's already filing for divorce." <laughs> um, we had like a busy couple of weeks. We got Taylor Swift tickets to see her live in concert. What did my one of my friends said? Um, Dom, if you're listening to this, uh, he said the other day he felt like he had survivor's guilt about getting uh, yeah. the Taylor Swift tickets <laughs> because so many people weren't able to get them, and we were very lucky. So we're going. I got a ticket for his friend Dom. My sister has a ticket. Both of my sisters have a ticket. And then we have an extra ticket. That's probably just going to be my sister's I was going to say, isn't he coming? Um, he, he probably will. He probably will come. But it's or like, she sells that one and like makes some Boku uh, buck. She'd make back all the money she sells. All that cheddar ticket. cheese. Yeah. But um, we're, we're very fortunate that we got the tickets and... God, that was a mess. It was a mess. It was very stressed. That whole day I was stressed. That whole day I was stressed. I was resigned to the fact that... We might not get them. We're either not getting them and we're not going, or I'm going to have to pay up the wazoo for these tickets on resale at some point. And we're very lucky we got them for the cheapest price. It was Because Taylor Swift doesn't opt for dynamic pricing. Do you know how dynamic pricing works? No, you got to explain that one. So the more people who are on the website, the higher the price of the ticket. Well, people do that? Yeah. The really? artists will do that. So the more demand there is for your tickets, the higher the price. They should. We should out every artist that does that. Um. So Taylor Swift said no to dynamic pricing. Her tickets would have skyrocketed to astronomical. 
It would have been, I mean, we didn't even pay all that much. We're in the nosebleeds. We paid $100 for nosebleeds. But you know, the tickets aren't $100. They're more like 60 bucks, but with fees and stuff. I mean, gosh, Ticketmaster, as much heat as they're getting right now, I've always been a hater because... The fees are ridiculous. The fees are just, uh, you used the term astronomical. I'm going to keep using that term. But to think that there are artists that are like, no, the more popular I am, the more money my ticket's worth. That's, and Taylor Swift uh, that's is, capitalism, baby. And, and Taylor Swift's the like, demand is no, there. I care about my fans too much to do dynamic pricing. That would have skyrocketed her tickets to like insane amounts of money. I mean, that's so ridiculous that they're able to get away with doing something like dynamic pricing. It's ridiculous to me, but it makes sense in our capitalism. capitalist society that the more demand means the, capitalist that pig. the more money that you would charge for something. I'm just glad that she didn't do that. Well, she cares about people. She doesn't want just a bunch of richy rich people there. But then what you said, someone on Twitter and TikTok, all the Swifties are like, they should just cancel everybody's ticket and do another resale. It's like, yeah, you sore losers. The the problem is, I think people have a hard time understanding that Taylor Swift is one of the most popular artists in the entire world. Yes. And there are only 80,000 seats in an arena. Nobody. So, I mean, when Beatlemania was happening in the 1960s and those tickets were going probably not as expensive, but were going really fast. And there were so many people that love, love, like, love the Beatles. Nobody's going to call upon Paul, McCart- Paul McCartney and John Lennon to uh, cancel all the tickets and put up another sale because you didn't get tickets. And Taylor Swift put <laughs> out a, a selfish sta- thing. Taylor Swift put out a statement and says, I'm going to have to do another tour. Like basically yeah, yeah that's, she said that's i'm gonna have is. to do another tour but you can't like she, you have to realize taylor swift is a human being who needs rest and like she's doing a tour and it's gonna take up like most of her i summer. understand that people and, are like mad. it's it's tiring these things are like she's gonna be exhausted because she's gonna do her u.s tour and she's probably gonna go do her european tour and then to come back and people want her to do another tour and it's like if she does another tour i'm not gonna bother like i no, don't i don't i mean once one era tour is like good enough for us you know i'm like i just wanted to see her once Have you, you've never seen her before i've never seen her in concert before so i i get that people are mad about oh d- getting definitely. the tickets like i totally empathize people, and i understand though i do not empathize with them at the same time because the girl who posted that she was mad about not getting a ticket has seen taylor swift in concert like 20 times but i think people are and i'm like okay but you've already seen her 20 times like yeah. there are people who like have never seen her in concert and then there's people saying well i hope taylor's okay with um pe- looking out into the crowd and no one knows the words and it's like uh, fans oh God, did get up. i was like yeah. fans did get tickets you understand that right like oh only rich people i was like she didn't do dynamic pricing i was like the resale market is insane but not but like but they these said people less are like than gatekeeping they said Taylor less than five percent of the tickets are on resale that's so ridiculous to me because it's like these people are gatekeeping taylor swift and saying like just because i didn't get a ticket and i'm a fan means that any other fan They're didn't like, get a ticket these shut up the layman the people who haven't been with taylor oh swift, the normies yeah it's like haven't been the, with taylor the, swift the, the, did you use the term layman <laughs> i was like I have known of Taylor Swift. They're calling people laymen? <laughs> All these people, like, they don't... I'm like, have I been, like, the biggest Taylor Swift fan forever? No. After, I think it was... Um, it, you can't just say, like, I... Because I'm unhappy, I'm okay with... I like, like, everyone a, else needs to be I unhappy. I like a lot of her newer things. 
compared to like Taylor her first album Taylor Swift and then like like her earlier albums like of course my vibe as an adult is more with folklore and evermore and midnights like that and but red as people like our age like we've grown up with taylor swift to a point where it's like yeah all that stuff that she did when she was 16 and 17 was like fun when we were in eighth grade we've you know grown up with her but now that she's writing more adult things and more adult themes and more adult lyrics we are resonating with it a little bit more like anti-hero is lyrically one of the best songs i think i've ever heard and i'm just like i get so angry about it i'm like you have to let people like you have to get over yourself you can't be unhappy and then want everyone else to be unhappy because you're unhappy that's such a selfish thing to do know the craziest part so uh, there's a fan who taylor swift has done so much for so taylor swift handpicked her from a crowd to come up and sing on stage with her like, she, does she know her, this person? This person, she she's a fan, but Taylor Swift has invited her to preview her album before it came out. She has paid her college expenses, and this person had the audacity to tweet, we're, we're streaming the original versions of all her albums tonight, aren't we? Instead of Taylor's version. And people in the comments said, I don't know if, ta- is if, real. T- if Taylor Swift paid my college b- tuition bills and invited me to her home to listen to uh, like an album before it came out and pulled me out of the crowd to come on stage with her. I would maybe just shut up. I was like, you can be upset about not getting tickets, but it's like not Taylor Swift's fault. This is the same thing. Like uh, I'm going to relate it to like what I hear all the time as a professional wrestling fan, how fans sometimes act parasocial relationships, these parasocial relationships. You don't know fans think that they're the most important people in the world to these artists. And it's like, no, like we value like as an artist, I would assume that they're like, yeah, we value you, but we're not best friends. Like, I don't know you. you. Like, and like, I think, I would love to be friends with Taylor Swift, but also I know I'm not friends with Taylor Swift. I don't know her like personal relationships. Like I don't know like anything about her as a human being other than what she lets people know. Mm-hmm. It's like, and well, I was and fan, you see that all the time on Twitter and stuff where it's like, especially with professional wrestling where it's like fans start speaking for the artist and like thinking that they know that person so well that they can be like, oh yeah, they're going to be cool with this or they're going to be mad about this. And it's like, you don't know that person. You don't know what their reaction is going to be. Who just, are you to I say? I just get so frustrated. I, I think people just think so much of themselves. And like, I've been I know Taylor Swift did like such a Taylor good Swift thing. Since I was this year old, I feel like I know her. No, you don't. She she done, uh, did such a good thing in paying for that woman's college tuition and like inviting her to listen to an album and stuff like that. But it's, it's to a point where it's like, now you gave that person a complex and not that i'm saying she shouldn't have done all of those but things but it's like but if it's someone like, has been that nice to you to to do like to say that like but now to, that person is a, a in i'm going to use a professional wrestling term become a mark for yourself where it's like you're you're now your own biggest fan and you're doing things to try to make yourself popular at the expense of the actual artist you know so it's like she's this this one fan you're talking about is being disrespectful and being egotistical. And now they're trying to do that to get Twitter likes or to get TikTok followers, things like that. Like you're using somebody else's name to get 
notoriety. And I just get upset. I'm like, not every Ticketmaster said at the beginning, just because you got a pre-sale code didn't mean you were going to get tickets. They were very clear. Now, Ticketmaster did F up. But it was very clear from the very beginning. They said, just because you got a pre-sale code doesn't ensure that you'll get tickets. They put that. They said that. Because I remember us stressing about it. Like, hey, we signed up for this priest. It took me like six hours to get through the pre, like the registration for the pre-sale. And neither of us, like, and neither it, of us got pre-sale codes. The only person who got pre-sale codes was my younger sister. And she had to buy for all of us. Mm-hmm. And the stress that we were under. Well, and then my, my friend Dom got the pre-sale for Nashville. And so did my older sister. Yeah. They both got the Nashville pre-sale that they put down because they didn't have the third chicago show yet but like good for them that they decided not to even like they didn't even try to get try to get the nashville tickets so somebody else will somebody else that lives in nashville is you know probably going to try to get them and you know that's for them to get and i just think it's 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 disingenuous I think this whole Taylor Swift debacle has it shows people's it, it shows people's ass. That's what I was gonna say. Like it, it really it shows, shows humanity. You, it shows who you are. Like <laughs> if you're pissed off at an artist for like having a lip. Think about this in Chicago. This is the human every, condition. The, well, how many people can fit in Soldier Field without that? Because oh, you God. no one can sit back. Because no one can sit in back of the stage. There's like seats that go unused. I'm gonna use, I'm gonna say a number. I'm gonna and say I'm eighty thousand. I was gonna say fifty thousand. I was like, somewhere in let's that realm. Get, let's get eight, Some, somewhere 60, where WrestleMania will never be in Soldier Field. Because Fifty of that. to sixty thousand people, right? Say they gave ten thousand people in Chicago pre-sale codes. That means, but they didn't, did they? They gave out like per venue, like ten thousand pre-sale codes for pre-sale. That's why I thought they sold out. That's pre-sale. why they're done. They don't have any. They don't have GA because. They, they sold, oversold presale. They oversold presale because they gave out six tickets per presale code, and, and they a lot of 10, people, a lot of people gave got six. So that's like sixty thousand of eighty thousand seats taken. Yeah, and then you sense. have the Capital One presale, and that also sold out. They have, and if they do have extra tickets, they don't have enough to do a, a sale. So they're probably having to give away tickets to like, like radio stations yeah, and yeah. things I like mean, that. You got to you got to have a collection that you're going to give to fundraising, and you're going to give to like contests and things like that. And I just, I, I, I this shows. I think that I this think whole it, debacle it shows, shows the human condition, where it's like you can either be selfless or selfish, and for somebody like your sister or somebody like my friend Dom, who had the Nashville presale probably could have got in and gotten tickets for the Nashville show and said, no, somebody else who lives in Nashville is going to want those tickets. And I'm not even going to try. Have a chance, it's selfless. Yeah. And I have a chance that someone will buy me a ticket for Chicago. Exactly. That's selfless. And that's what, and that's what happened. Like my, my younger sister got us all tickets and I just, Dom Angel from above was so thankful to get a ticket. And, but then it's like, like you said, the people on Twitter that are, Trying to make other people unhappy because they're, they're unhappy. They're like, they should, the Ticketmaster messed up so bad, they need to take all the tickets back and redo it. But you I'm realize like, how selfish un- like, that is. But do you realize, like, fans got those tickets? Like, people bought those people tickets. People bought those tickets. Not you even, can't, even, not even like, fans. People bought the tickets. People are entitled to the tickets. They're the ones that got in. Sorry you didn't get in. Better luck next time. I'm like, 
I'm, I, I was baffled by that. My sister was so worried. She's like, I'm afraid they're going to take these tickets no, from me. No, there's no possible and I, way. That's why she got the ticket insurance on her tickets. She's like, I want to make sure these tickets stay with me. I'm like, don't worry about it. Like, the tickets aren't going anywhere. They're your tickets. Like, so worried because, like, all this claim, all these claims. Taylor Swift put out a statement just saying, like, better luck next time. That's pretty much what it was. Yeah, it was like, it was like hey, I, I, I acknowledge that Ticketmaster like effed up and but it's you not know, they my, reassured it's us not that my they were fault. going. I'm so yeah. glad so many fans wanted to see me that we like crashed like the site. She's like, I guess I'm just going to have to tour again. Yeah, basically like, was the I guess whole I'm thing. just going to have to tour again. And people are like, well, she's telling us like we're just shit out of luck. And it's like, yeah, you are shit out of luck. What do you luck. want her to do what about it? She like, can't do anything. Like. This, this guy's like so if we didn't get pre-sale we were just out of luck and it's yes. like yes yes you are <laughs> yes that is correct you're they're, they're, the anger is misguided they're angry at taylor when they need it, to be angry they need at to be angry master. at Ticketmaster and the whole like an- antitrust law thing not being enforced which now Ticketmaster is under investigation and that's good because they are violating antitrust laws that have never been enforced now Ticketmaster is in jeopardy of being broken up uh, in here no i'm just, just looking, looking at past. a bow oh um now Ticketmaster's in jeopardy of being broken up which could lead to that situation not happening anymore because what we're now seeing is well the only place to get those tickets was Ticketmaster. they couldn't hold it they crashed they effed up screwed people out of tickets and now they're all these resale sites are selling them for thousands of dollars which shouldn't be happening and then there's like, someone was like, Ticketmaster should make it so that they can't resell for more than face value. But that doesn't mean you can't go on like Game Time, SeatGeek, you can't StubHub, whatever, and resell resell those tickets for I'm like, unfortunately, fifty times unfortunately, the amount you paid. This is just what happened, and I, and again, Ticketmaster put out a statement that said only like five percent of tickets. Like a very minuscule amount of tickets are on resale websites. Well, there's a lot of most people, people that bought are them. putting. So uh, what I found out about resale sites, because we got the tickets to see uh, the AEW show coming up. And I looked into some of these resale websites and they, you know, say with caution buy these tickets because there's a lot of times for these events that people put the tickets up there thinking that they'll have them by the time the event comes and then they don't, but they're supposed to refund you the money if they don't have it. So what I was like with wrestling shows, what it said was like a site like SeatGeek or GameTime, you have to be aware of the ticket in hand date because normally people will give themselves up until the day before the very last minute to actually find that ticket and give it to you, which is so like bonkers that they're able to do that, that a site like Game Time or SeatGeek or StubHub isn't saying like, hey, you got to provide the proof that you have that ticket before we put it up there. I mean, I'm just very thankful for getting those tickets. We had it was like a really good week for me. And then, you know, what else? Good things happened. My birthday, Anthony took me to the Cheesecake Factory. That was really fun. Um and then this week is Thanksgiving and we're going over to my parents' house and then his brother's house and we are going to just enjoy ourselves 
and eat lots of turkey and stuffing and mashed I was potato. saying I was really because my mom isn't doing um a, like cooking a turkey this year. She's going by my brother instead. And is he gonna um, smoke a turkey? I think so. Yeah, that guy smokes everything, except for like you know bad stuff. But it's smoke food. Come on, guys, food. Um, he made a, a like a brisket one time, and that thing was delicious. But oh, we put my brother in in our fantasy football league this year. Salt. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. There's one thing that Anthony has that his brother does not have. The appropriate amount of salt that goes on meat. No, it's like my brother is very like what you're describing as my brother is not salt heavy. I am salt heavy. I take that from my father who might may or may not be listening to this right now. Thanks. Hi. Thanks for that. Um, but I was going to say um, we, we put my brother. So I think I mentioned this before in the podcast where um we went to Nashville for my bachelor party way back in June and my brother came with and I was like so nervous. I was like, my brother's never really interacted with my friends before. I wonder how it's going to go. Guy fit in seamlessly with my friends to a point where like he's in our fantasy football league now. <laughs> and I got to tell you, Bree, he, he talks the most shit out of anyone in that fantasy football league. And I, you he, know, he can't back it up. I, and I, if he's listening to this right now, I hope he knows you can't back it up. And you know what? Like brings like warmness to my heart because like I come from a really close family. Like we talk to each other all the time. We have a family group chat. That family group chat is popping every day. Mm-hmm. And then I have a group chat that's with just my siblings. And I have a group chat that's with just my sisters. Then I have a group chat with is just with my siblings and my mom. Because sometimes you just need a group chat without your dad. <laughs> 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 and if anyone well, the way you describe how your dad talks in this group chat it's oh, he like just, he just memes all he the time memes every single day <laughs> i'm like stop posting freaking memes in the freaking group chat because he'll post like in like 10 in a row and i'm like dad like i'm about to like kick you out of this group chat and then also my dad for the holidays he posts like those old man shirts you know what i'm talking about right give me an example okay i'll show you oh well i'll i'll it's like one of those shirts that's like work is for people who don't know how to fish (laughs) essentially (laughs) um he i'm i have it because i'm just like it's so freaking funny i am the wisdom cube (laughs) so my dad sent a picture of t-shirts he wanted in the group chat and they say things like i never dreamed that one day i'd become a grumpy old man but here i am oh that's killing total, total old guy shirt and then a hat he sent to the group chat that says i don't know how to act my age i've never been this old before is um is the hat like a full baseball cap or is it a trucker hat it's a baseball cap oh okay and then another one that says that's what i do i fix stuff and i know things another one don't worry i've had both <laughs> my shots and my booster and it's two shot glasses and a beer oh that's like, funny i like that another one. one um just another version of that i fixed stuff one and then he has another shirt that's like don't piss off old people the older we get the less life in prison is a is a deterrent um it's, they're just like total old guy shirts. Old guy shirts, and I told yeah. my dad, I said, I will not be buying you that for Christmas. <laughs> I said, when you have a normal gift to put in the group chat, 
then we'll talk. And then he's like, you could just get me a BB gun. I said, again? A BB gun? What's he going to do with a BB gun? I said, again? When you have a normal adult man gift? And tell me shoot his eye out. Oh, you hate the Christmas story. I know. You hate that movie. I said, when you have a normal gift, put it in the group chat and I'll get it for you. He's like, I want a jacket. And I was like, I'll get There you, you go. I said, I'll get you the jacket <laughs> then. I'm like, I'm not buying you these ridiculous shirts. My dad, though, Shirts that go hard. My dad is so funny because he's like, I said, I'm not getting you those stupid old man saying, saying shirts. And he's like, I don't know what you're, what you mean. And I'm like, yes, you do. They're old man. Come on. Yes, you do. And I went yeah. over to my parents' house because I went and saw a comedy show with my sister the other weekend. And I said, dad, you know exactly what I mean. You know exactly what I mean. They're like old guy funny. I was like, they're old guy funny shirts. And <laughs> I'm not buying those for you. They're stupid. And they are embarrassing to wear in public. And he's like, I don't know what you mean. I was like, yes, you do. Because we have full on conversations. My dad is a different person on the phone. Uh-huh. He te- the way he texts is goofy, silly, crazy. In person, my dad is not goofy, silly, crazy. My dad is crazy, scary, goofy. <laughs> <laughs> but so I have all these group chats. This is where I'm going. I'm finding the plot again. Close the tabs. And I'm like. I wish that Anthony's family was like my family in that way. And I think sometimes his family can get sad. Your mom, at least, gets sad that we're not, that you guys don't talk as much as my family talks. Because she tried to do a group chat once. I don't and think it, it, it ain't and working. It, and we've never used it really no. since. And well, I, I don't text all that much. And even with the group chat with my friends, like, I'll go in long, like, times where I'm just busy and I don't, I don't respond to things. Where... If I don't respond in the group chat, I'll get text messages by individuals saying, are you okay? Yeah. Why aren't you texting in the group chat? But I'm like, I feel like it's, I, it's nice that you are like your brother is fitting in with your other, like your other friends. Cause like my siblings are my friends. Yeah. I like, I hang out with them. I love this. I like, okay. So my time. friend, my friend, Jesse, if, if you're listening, hi, Jesse, I, he, I love this like blossoming friendship between my brother and and jesse because they're like an unlikely duo but like they hung out together pretty much the entire time in nashville they hung out at the wedding a lot uh jesse invited billy to the wedding to his wedding (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah it's it's going well mexico 2024 yeah yep all right brie um we have uh we have closed our tabs i suppose why don't we get into this what is going to really be a, a very short podcast about this movie that we just so, watched for. So Anthony was like, I'm I, in the mo- No, I'm uh, talking. I just want to go into detail. Anthony was like, I'm in the mood to watch a horror movie. And I said, okay, but how long is it? And he said, it's an hour. And I said, bet. And then <laughs> what? <laughs> so what movie did we watch and go into your whole spiel? Yes. Okay. Before I get into the movie, <laughs> I am going to go into a little bit of background detail on where we're at, where we're going and what we're doing. So uh, we ended last podcast with Halloween ends. We've uh, had very nice closure with that movie, even though it was not, you know, our favorite. And mm-hmm. I've, I've, I was much nicer to that movie on the podcast than I've been since I've seen it, but that's a whole story for another day. Um, So season two, we wanted to start with 
Chris movies that take place in the winter time and then kind of give this slow transition into Christmas movies. So we were going to start with American Psycho because it kind of takes place during the winter time. Um, and then we we're going to go Gremlins, which is kind of a Christmas movie, takes place in Christmas time, isn't a Christmas movie. Then Nightmare Before Christmas, which kind of toes the line, Christmas movie. And then we we're going to cap it off with Elf, a full on Christmas movie. So we were initially going to drop American Psycho this weekend, but our schedules are so weird with the Thanksgiving week that we're just going to be all over the place and maybe not have time to record uh, by Saturday. So I had an idea um, the other day because I had heard of this movie. Gosh, I was looking up because we just got a Shutter subscription for Halloween. Um, and we had like a month free of shutter. So I was looking up and my shutter subscription ends like this Saturday. So I was looking up movies like shutter originals or movies that are on shutter. Uh, and I, I swear to God, Brie, I swear to God, I'm not being paid by shutter to promote that their streaming service, <laughs> but there's some good stuff on there. Um, so I was looking up like movies that are shutter originals or like good movies that are on the streaming service. And this one popped up, uh, called host. It was made in 2020, and it's about an hour. I think it's 54 minutes long. And uh, I, I read up on it a little bit, and I, I saw that it was a movie that was filmed entirely through Zoom and was filmed during the lockdown in 2020. And I said, oh, that's. I bet that it's going to be really creative. And I started looking up some stuff, and people were like, this is one of the best horror movies that's come out in the past few years. Like, it's super creative. And... Um, it's like a, a hidden gem horror movie. So I was like, why don't we why don't we give it a shot? Why don't we give it a shot? Because we're always out looking for new good horror movies. And this is just an hour long banger. So it's not gonna take up a lot of our time. What'd you think? I thought it was an interesting concept. I was it's got a notable 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes out of 93 scores as of right now. I mean, I'm not like, I didn't hate it. I didn't, I didn't rave about it, but it was a good movie. I thought like it was shot very well. It was spooky. There was a point where I told Anthony, I was like, I can't watch this. I'm scared. Oh um, man. Like, oh yeah. We're going to talk about that. The, the use of atmosphere. And you had mentioned it too. Like the, we've been talking about the use of empty space. There's like a, there's a point where the, so the girl's on zoom and she is not centered to the zoom screen. So your eyes are focused on the open door. So your eyes are on the open door frame that's behind her in the zoom screen. And you're like, why, why is she off center? Why is she not sitting in the middle of her zoom frame? Why is it off to the side? It's just like it's an uncomfy feeling because you're like, what's going to happen? Yeah. So before we get into the minutia of the film, I'll go into just what a, a nerd. He a, said minutia. The, what do you want me to say? Uh-huh. The, the meat and potatoes. Yes. The meat and potatoes. The meat of and the potatoes film. of the movie. Um, just a little bit of background on this. I couldn't find too much, to be completely honest. I was looking and looking and looking. Uh, the movie is directed uh, by Rob Savage, who um, had a history of directing a bunch of short films. Where Brie, I have to ask you, because so, how do you define a short film? 
What's a short film? I don't know. I wouldn't consider this a short film. It's 56 minutes. Is that enough to be like an actual movie? Mm-hmm. You think? I mean, it toes the line on movie and short film. Um, I would have to look at like what the actual definitions are for a feature movie versus a short film. But I think this toes the line a lot between like what is a movie and what is a short film. Um, so the, the the guy who directed this has a history of doing a bunch of horror-based short movies. And all these actors and actresses have worked with one another in the past and worked with the director. So it was kind of like a bunch of friends like actively getting together on Zoom and just like making a movie. Guess the budget. I don't know. 30 grand. Oh, you're very close. $35,000, Ooh, according to Wikipedia. She's so smart. Yeah. She watched a movie and predicted the price. According to Wikipedia, $35,000 grossed $443,000, which is pretty good for the amount that they spent. And as being a Shudder original, you know, you're not going to make that much money if it's straight to streaming services. But um, the movie was shot in a 12-week period. And it was shot uh, through Zoom. Uh, the director had reached out to Zoom headquarters and got their okay to use their platform and to use their name and everything uh, for the movie. Uh, he said that the the people who run Zoom were like really excited that people were doing something really creative during the pandemic and like basically said this is what we're supposed to be using the platform for. Um, the... Well, I think what's really interesting about the background of this movie is Brie and I were watching this and how many times did I lean over to you and say, how the hell did they do that? A lot. Like we yeah. were saying, because we found out by what, by researching that like they, a lot of them did their own stunt work. Yeah. According to the director, they bought a bunch of like really thin fishing wire and sent it to all the cast members who were in their own homes during lockdown and ran workshops with the actors on how to do all of the tricks and the stunts and like how to use fishing wire properly to um like pull the cabinet doors open um there were two actors who like appeared together in a scene and i wonder if they lived together and they're just in different who, rooms uh the one that plays Haley and the one that plays Gemma. When she, at the end, goes to her friend's apartment. Yeah, I'm wondering if they lived really close to one another. Not either lived really... Or they, they didn't break quarantine. Or either if they lived together and they were filming from inside the same home but different parts of it. Maybe, yeah. They, because they you might don't have been. see the entire homes. You only see one room. Well, and some of them, they take the camera and they go throughout the house. Um, the director was like, basically, we're going to fuck up your house. And they were, he's like, they were all on board with it. Everyone just wanted to make like the best horror movie we could with the tools that we were given. I love that they kind of entrusted all the actors to just like be able to pull all this stuff off. There's one thing, though, that for the life of me, I cannot figure out how they did. And I can't even fathom. The lifting up part? The lifting up part. Where the girl gets lifted up into the air and her neck gets snapped? Was that this movie? Yes. Who did that? The guy's girlfriend. The guy who joins in at the last like five minutes of the Zoom <gasps> Oh, call, no, no. That she w- lifts up? Yeah. No, I know what I'm, you're talking about. Or when the girl gets pulled back in the chair. 
No, I kind of figured I knew how they did that, which I'm assuming somebody else was in that apartment because there's no way she could have been able to pull the fishing wire from behind her. So there must have been somebody but in she that flew, door frame. She flew back so I'm telling the, far. There, there probably was somebody in the shadows in that door frame that really tugged on that fishing wire. Um, it's the one where the character Emma is messing around with the face uh uh feature the face face features like the masks and it the mask like picks up on the spirit and then it turns and faces her probably after terrifying effects. what probably after effects you you think i don't know i don't know that's the only one that i'm like if this is really practical and they did do this through Zoom and they didn't use After Effects. How the hell did they do that? Um, which After Effects seems a little more likely. But it was, it was a good it was a it was a good so film. basic plot of the movie, very simple stuff, is Bored in lockdown. We're bored in lockdown. A group of friends come together in a Zoom call, they get in contact with a medium, um, and they're gonna do a seance. So they have all these candles prepared and they have all these little little trinkets of um, people that they want to communicate with, whether that be grandparents or whether that be like a brother or whatever. Um, they have all these little trinkets and, and they get in contact with the, with the medium. The medium's kind of guiding them through the seance, but something happens that screws everything up. And what is that thing, Brie? That screws everything up. Um, they made up a person. Yeah. And so oh, no, you don't do when that. you, she, so when you make up someone, uh, what happened was it invited a spirit to put on that persona as a mask because you're not actually meeting, you're lying about somebody. And so they get a demon, obviously. It's not a friendly one. Not a, not a friendly, it's not Casper. They We do see the demon at a couple points in the movie, um, to which I said it looked like Nightcrawler from the X-Men. It was like blue and demony. Uh, I thought it was cool, like how they did. So they invite, accidentally invite the spirit, and the spirit starts messing with them, and then you know, ultimately killing. And so the spirit is traveling through Zoom. Yes, which I wonder what it, you mentioned. What would have happened if they just shut off the Zoom call? Because the the medium says at one point, like that, the spirits can tra- like communicate through the internet. I said. I don't think that one guy would have died if he didn't rejoin the Zoom. Probably not. He wasn't anywhere. He wasn't even in the call when they pulled that prank about yeah, making he probably, up that person. He probably would have been fine if he didn't rejoin the Zoom call. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's let's run down. Spooky. I, I mean, this is a 56 minute movie. So the plot moves really, really quick. Oh, yeah. So like. When if you go on and you're like me, who's like spoils everything for this, I did not spoil this movie for me. But if you are like me, because I went and researched this movie after we were we were finished with it, and you'd like to spoil things for you, like the synopsis is longer than the movie. <laughs> it honestly is. Yeah, I was looking at that too. Um, like this, it makes it morning. seem like it's longer and more drawn out, but like the end of the movie goes like bam, 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 it's bam, bam, so bam. So quick. It's so quick how fast things start to happen. Um, I do have to ask you something, though, because like we went through the Zoom era 
together. Yes. And like you, we got both of us as teachers got like really familiar with Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, you more than me because you actually, I, I didn't work from home during the pandemic of a lot, but you did. Um, can you do that one thing that that girl does where you have a moving background? I don't know how you see did that. Yeah, honestly. that's what I thought too. Because I'm like, man, I've used Zoom so often and I've used the premium version of Zoom fairly often through I know school. how to put like a picture of you stagnant. Yes. Yeah, I know how to do that. I never thought that you could do moving backgrounds though. That was the only thing that was really like, is this Zoom or is this something else? I wonder if you can do that. And if I if you can I must be the dumbest person. My staff faculty meetings that I have to be in are about to get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm always like I just like don't turn my camera on, but if I could put like a fake video of, of myself, you just like nodding once in a while. <laughs> people would be, be like, really funny. People be like, Bartelli, you okay? It's like the people who, um, when they fall asleep and they paint eyes on their eyelids. I was thinking about that declassified <laughs> school survival guide when Cookie has like the, the, the glasses. No, the glasses where they put, he puts like fake eyes on yeah. his glasses. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about the cookie cutout. Oh yeah. He also uses that. Brilliant. I love the cookie cutout. We, so, we said we wanted a cookie cutout in our... <laughs> Our house, but then I was like, "Isn't that kind of weird, though? Like they have a like a this a random teenage, kid, yeah, <laughs> a teenage child in our in our home. I could deal with a Danny DeVito cutout. When I used to take the blue line to visit Anthony when he lived in the city, um, I would always pass this one apartment complex that would have a Danny DeVito cutout in the window. I've always wanted that Christmas ornament of Frank Reynolds hanging from that one episode of Sunny where <laughs> in the beginning he loses Frank loses his money and. They walk into, like, Mac walks into the bar and he sees Frank hanging. And they're all just, like, looking at him. And he's like, what's going on here? He's like, "Uh, Frank's trying to kill himself. He lost his money. And then (laughs) they're like, but his neck is too thick to to actually, like, suffocate him. (laughs) And then so Danny DeVito is, like, literally just hanging there and just reanimates and goes, nobody try to stop me. (laughs) It's the funniest thing in the world. But they have, like, a Christmas ornament of that. It's just, like, hanging Danny DeVito. (laughs) it's so like perfect it's a perfect christmas well, ornament so th- the friends are all deciding it's a group of it's a group of girls and then this one guy that are like let's meet up and we'll we're bored it's we can't get together let's do like the seance one night and they hire this woman and the girl who puts it on all together she's like you have to take this seriously can i bring like, it's something very up important to you that you in take the beginning it the very beginning of the movie because there's a really cool shot in the beginning where she faces her computer towards um, Haley faces her computer towards a mirror. So you see what's going on in the background through the mirror, which I think Chronicle did that at some point. I don't think Probably. that's a new tool, but um, it's a really cool. So you get to see what happened, like what's going on without it, it's a cool use of the camera being a character. And, um, so there's a, there's a moment in the beginning of the movie where her closet door opens like randomly. Right? I am I'm not tripping. I no, I saw that. I thought that their spirit was already there. That's what I thought too. I did I don't think they ever elaborated on that. 
So the closet door opens, and like, it like it, it very, she, she has no reaction, and it to very it. obviously is like a not a handle door, but like a knob door. Yeah, and you hear it click open, like some, so it was somebody. Like, it wasn't like something fell and opened the door. It was like someone had to open it. But that's what I'm saying is like she had no reaction to that at all. She was just like she didn't even say anything. She didn't go, "What the hell is going on?" She just like. Looked inside the also, closet. I I admire these women who are living on their own. I never could. It's scary. Well, I get not t- only demons, but uh, a lot of other I get stuff. T- I get spooked. I I don't even like like going a night without Anthony here. I'm like I'm scared. I don't like the house without Anthony. Oh, the here. house is scary by yourself in the dark. Like, I'm not gonna lie. There was, this okay, place is scary. Let me tell you. When we first moved in here, Anthony went away for like just the nighttime, and one of our lights fell out of mm. the ceiling and I texted Anthony, are you okay? And he's I was like, like watching the AEW. And, and he wasn't responding to the point where I had to text other friends who he was with. I was like, is Anthony okay? Because I was like, this is a bad omen. The light fell from the sky. You're very like spiritual when it comes to that kind of stuff that I, I guess my next question for you is, would you ever do a seance? No. I just I respect the dead and I think let the dead people rest. So when we watched this movie and they were all getting ready to do the seance and everything on Zoom, I looked at Bree and I was like, I don't mess with this stuff. Even <laughs> though like I've been tempted in the past, I like I I still kind of want to try a Ouija board. I think there's like a part of me like going through okay, practicing witch here, so it's like a big witch Be- energy. Being being a witch and like there is I could develop my spirituality more and learn how to, you know Conjure. Communicate oh. with <laughs> spirit. I'm scared. Like I'm scared to learn how to do it. Like, no, no. Like I'm i I'm scared. I have a book. I've bo- seen too many no, of I these have types a, I of have movies. A, I have a book that will teach me how you to You have a book? That will teach me how to do it. I'm too scared to read it. Like, I'm too scared to open it. It's about, like, being in touch with, like, your inner self. And, like, you have to do a lot of meditation. I am I have ADHD. I can't meditate. So, what is the book? Well, if you read... Is it, like, the book where it will in teach movies, you, if you read one line incorrectly, you're going to, like, no, it's about, it's about, It's talking about how to be so relaxed and so in tune with yourself that you're able to see things and hear things that are around you that not everybody can hear and see like auras and stuff like that i unfortunately cannot meditate for the life of me because my brain moves a million miles a minute so not only is that a preventative thing but i'm scared like i i like interacted with my spirit guides once and i almost pooped myself the cast of this movie in preparation did a seance on zoom um with the director in order to prepare and uh the story is that the actress who played Gemma uh claims that she felt a touch on her neck and a book flew off of one of her bookshelves during the séance. Uh-uh, do you believe like do you believe that that could happen? Yes. Yeah. I w- Anthony Spirits are real. <laughs> Like energy, but do you but do you also believe that like you could f it up so bad like they did in this movie and like bring upon something? Well, you don't we've talked we talked want. about the fact that demons, as we know them, are created by people. People create them. They're energy that's created from 
Go on. Christianity. Christianity created these demons. Demons didn't exist. Not even Christianity, but Catholicism. Catholicism yeah. created demons. They didn't exist prior to that. We had demons, which were chaotic spirits. But do you think it derives from demon? No. Those guys. Like the, like the Catholic belief in demons derives from a more pagan belief in demon. Yeah. Which those spirits are not necessarily bad spirits chaotic spirits like it's hard to explain but, but would, they're not would like a de- would a demon would not hurt you the same way that it does to these people in this movie no okay well you didn't seem too sure well it's, it's hard <laughs> to explain because all different sects of paganism and all different indigenous religions have spirits that do harm okay example skinwalkers yeah i don't want to talk about those i know (laughs) but you know what i mean like we but it's like catholicism has like this the big scary you know what i mean well i think catholicism does a lot of fear mongering but they invented the big scary exactly they came up with the big scary what big scary only exists i'm gonna i'm just gonna throw us off for a second like there was no there was no like hell or Satan. It's that yes, Kevin Smith made a movie called Dogma, and it's like all of Kevin Smith's philosophies. There was on no hell until you created it. But there's it. a deleted scene in that movie where he and he writes this, so it's not like practicing Catholicism or like the actual Catholic dogma belief in this stuff. But he writes a scene in which a character is like, "Hell is just the absence of God." Basically, that humans conjured up this idea of hell as being fire and brimstone. Therefore, it is. Therefore, fire. it is fire and brimstone, and it's the worst thing that you can possibly imagine. But in reality, the worst thing that you can possibly imagine for a Catholic is just being abandoned by God. There is nothing else, right? Like in, in the in the Catholic belief. Like you work towards having this connection with God, this personal connection. So the moment that God abandons you and the moment that you do not feel that presence anymore is supposed to be hell, just the absence of God. And I know that that's something that is uh, just written by Kevin Smith of all people wrote that. So we shouldn't take it as law, but that's actually like a really interesting philosophy about the Catholic belief in hell is hell like really fire and brimstone and demons and stuff like that. Or did Catholics accidentally create that because that's what they thought is the worst existence. You know, it's an interesting philosophy. I find a lot of things interesting as like Anthony and I have talked about this and I've talked to Anthony about that. I would love to stop celebrating Christian holidays, but you love Christmas too, but our families are so like, in like i couldn't well we could still celebrate yule okay but i but explaining to you're currently wearing a mickey mouse christmas sweater right now because that's disney time (laughs) (laughs) i'm in my i'm in like honeymoon mode because we go on our honeymoon um to disney which one of my coworkers will be in disney the exact same time we're gonna be in disney and we're like we might see each other some of my students were saying that too i was like don't please don't don't perceive me me. (laughs) please don't perceive me at all i would actually die if you perceived me i think that's great i think it's awesome to to just want to be going there anyway let's continue with the movie so yeah um 
Oh gosh, what were we talking? So the 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 closet. Yeah. We're on the closet. So the closet opens. It's never elaborated on, but I'm assuming that is one of two things happen there. That it's a misstep on part of the filmmakers and and the director to not elaborate on that, or it's giving an indication that that character's already got something hanging out there you know yeah um which seems more likely because she was the last to be targeted i don't know but it then it opens up this whole wider discussion of like do you think that something was already there she was predisposed to that she, sort wasn't of energy she the first one who experienced yes yeah she was because with the chair being pulled yeah mm-hmm so maybe it was just like there's already something there and now you just like gave it life or you gave it an opportunity to like a- actively fuck with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so interesting because like I thought about that and I was like, man, they never elaborated on that closet that opened and she had no reaction to that closet, which is like baffling because like if I, had- if I saw one of our closet doors just like flat out open by itself, I'd be like. I poop. I'm getting out of here right I now. I will poop. Yeah. I will poop. I hear a, a, a nary creak and I poop. I That's how I am. I hear like um, something outside, like, I'm like a oh. neighbor like hit it, closing their uh, like, garbage oh, can. It's time to move. <laughs> yeah. I can't do this. I miss the chaos and noise of the city over the creaks and cricks of it's the... It's because the suburbs is supposed to be quiet. So when you hear something, that's scary. But in the city, it's like... It's more scary when it is quiet. <laughs> I just like I mi- I miss the city. I miss the loudness. I miss like never being afraid. But you're afraid for different things. I know, but like, like I'm afraid of like my home getting broken into or like my car getting stolen. But I feel or getting shot. I feel comfortable. <laughs> I feel comfortable. I mean, I wouldn't trade like my commute is like I'd rather She's yawning. Not have to take public transportation to work. Because I would have worked CPS if we lived in the city. Yeah. And taken um, public transit because I wasn't going to have a car. Right, right. Um. Anyway, so moving forward, we get on the Zoom call and we she, meet she's, a bunch of her friends. Yeah, and she's kind of begging people, like, please take this seriously. Don't be rude. And but, like, why is... She, so my, my question, I guess, is... Why does she care about taking it? I think it she's serious? just the more serious friend. Or is she trying to investigate the thing that's like in her house that we never I elaborated on? Um, so all of her friends are just being goofy and they all come into the Zoom call. We get one of her friends who it is established that she moved in with her boyfriend during quarantine and they're like they're not getting along. And all her friends think it was a mistake to move in with him. What do you think about movies like this that are kind of like based in the real world pandemic of the coronavirus? And like deal do you think movies should be moving in into a direction where we acknowledge that stuff? Or do you I think would say that yeah. yeah, me too, a little bit. But this one it works because of the setting that we're in and, and the Zoom stuff. But like I remember when Halloween ends, like the year before Halloween ends was supposed to come out and they talked about how the movie was going to have a four year time skip and it was going to like 
David Gordon Green said something along the lines of like, it's going to address the pandemic. And I was like, oh, really? Like, why can't we just not address the pandemic? I know. No one wants to. And they didn't address the pandemic, but they had a four year time skip. Um, But yeah, I I kind of feel like um, maybe we shouldn't address it. It works for this because this is I think this is a special occasion because it was made during the lockdown. So you kind of had to address it. But moving forward, I think it's kind of in poor taste for movies and TV to address that stuff. The bear on FX addressed the coronavirus very briefly. And it worked for them, I think, because they didn't base their entire show on it. But there's a line that one of the characters says in the show, like, who do you think kept this place afloat during lockdown or something like that? And... I felt like that was appropriate, but like basing your entire plot around no, something no about need. the quarantine is, yeah, eh, nobody nobody needs to be reminded of that stuff. But I do think that uh, it works well for this movie and what this movie is. Yeah, I agree. Yep, I'm ready to um keep going with the with the plot. So we get this weird lady. Is the seance lady. Sayer. Yeah. Salen. Salen. Something that like that. Name? Yeah. And she's like, you know, explaining how it works and like pretend you have a string attached to your 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 belly button or some other. And then when you want to like leave, you imagine yourself cutting the rope and all this. She's giving them good advice. But the problem is her connection is shitty at her house. And she keeps going in and out of the Zoom call. So she is taking it seriously, but the friends aren't taking it seriously. So when they're doing this, one of the girls gets bored. And so that's when she comes up with this character that is a friend she had in middle school who killed themselves and making it up. Mm -hmm. But then the woman's Zoom call gets interrupted she leaves and the and we find out oh it was just a joke this person's not real blah blah blah. i like how the movie plays on stuff that we've all kind of experienced on zoom before of like we're trying to have a class or i guess teachers we've probably experienced this we're like i'm trying to run a class but then i have a kid that like says hey can i go for a second like my my delivery's here Or like, I'll be right back. And they just like leave. They just walk away and I just have like a blank screen. Well, it's like when she gets reconnected to the Zoom, she's like, okay, so what did I miss? (laughs) And she's like, okay, so they're like, the weird stuff is starting to happen to them. And they're like, oh, it might be that guy that you were talking about. And she's like, there is no guy. And she's like, oh, no. Oh, she's like, I, I, she's like, I told you guys to take this seriously. She's like, this could be like just a spirit, another spirit, or it could be. She's like, let's hope it's the first one. Or it could, or it could be a demon. <laughs> and then they're like, well, let's hope it's the first one. Turns out it is not the first one. It is a demon. And bad stuff starts to happen to all of them. Yeah. Starting with the f- girl gets like pulled out from her chair. The yes, yeah, so she gets her chair gets dragged across, and the she room. gets like dragged out of the room. So you think she's done? She for. does get no. She, that's later in the movie. Yeah, she but gets she, dragged out of the room. But that's when you think she's. And done then like for. all the cupboards like 
pop open like paranormal activity that one scene in paranormal activity 2 where they all just like burst that open that's the scariest the- part of that movie i know dude i when i saw that in the theaters I like i th- i don't really get scared at this stuff a lot but when i saw that movie in theaters i was a little like scared. you know eighth grader or whatever <laughs> and that was like so no we were like, high school. it happened like out of nowhere i think we movie. were freshmen in high school so like the cupboards blow open and um one of the friends starts hearing what she she starts hearing like knocking right and she goes up to the attic yeah and like she's looking around with a selfie stick and there's like feet there's feet hanging and i'm like uh um there's one girl who the the face that we mentioned about the mask um like just the, standing in her living room standing in the living and then it turns and face her Ugh. there's another <laughs> where the girl's like hearing things in her kitchen and she puts flour on the ground and the oh yeah st- the footsteps start coming towards her like act like fast, fast. and yeah. i'm like i will poop and then there's the one girl who she hides i think is the same girl she hides in her bedroom and she this is the one that she throws the blanket over and there's like an outline of somebody over the blanket like kind of like michael myers when he puts up the and it's just terrifying so all these people are going through their own like how how do we die kind of situation yes um the girl who's moved in with her boyfriend there's a scene where she's not paying attention she walks past him hang he's hung like he Mm -hmm. But like the this, spirit this movie him. is so cool with the use of like the jump scares because normally with jump scares we get like loud music, boom, jump scare. But you can't do that with this. You can't do loud music. So you have to rely on the atmosphere and you have to rely on the technique and the movement of the cameras. That's, that's the first death, right? The, the, the guy? The guy. Yes. And yeah. then we get her death, which is he drops from the ceiling and then she's trying to like leave and she gets dragged back into the apartment, hoisted in the air and dropped. Yeah. And then we get the girl who has the video screen. Is yes, she she, she gets, gets her face slammed into the smashed computer. into the computer. And it's scary because it's like the video is still playing of her like it's normal. Allegedly, they told they didn't tell any of the cast members how everyone was like the fates of everyone else's characters. So on these zoom calls, the director was apparently hidden in the zoom call. So like you couldn't like, I think a lot of it was after effects where it was like, we took the video from the zoom call, but kind of made our own zoom Zoom format and after effects. Um, But the director is hidden in the zoom call. And they said that the, uh, the actors said that the director would like private message them on Zoom, like things to say. They weren't working with like a full on script. They were working with story beats. So um, he was like actively involved with, you know, everything and kind of letting the actors riff a little bit, but didn't tell the cast what the fate of the other characters were. So he'd bring these people into the Zoom meetings and basically just play over what they filmed with the cast members and get try to get genuine reactions from well you uh, see, the cast so, members seeing their friends die basically well, you have to see the one girl gets dropped to her death the other one um slammed. gets slammed one of them 
tries gets to pushed out a window. No, she tries to escape out the window, but she falls to her death. Oh, that's dumb. I know. She's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> the one girl leaves, well, gets pulled into her bedroom, and we think that she's dead, but she's not, until the other girl comes, and... Yeah, well, so Gemma lives so close that she, she just, like, ran. leaves and runs over. And she gets into the apartment. She's looking for... She finds... Oh, she gets a bottle thrown at her head, which is, like, the funniest thing. She finds her friend, <laughs> the and they get separated again. And then the guy joins the Zoom at the last second after everyone's been hurt and killed, pretty much. And he's like, what's going on with everybody? And then he gets... But he sees, like, the physical incarnation of the demon, yeah. too, which is crazy. He gets the, the worst. He gets, like, his Lit girlfriend on. gets picked up and her neck snap. He gets hit over the head unconscious and then lit on fire. Yeah. Um, there's this cool thing that they, they do. And I feel like a different horror movie had done something like this in the past. Maybe it was sinister. No, not sinister. Uh, insidious maybe did this with the Polaroid, like the Polaroid in complete darkness. It is insidious. Insidious does that. Yeah. Where I'm pretty sure I've seen like all the insidious movies. My parents some, made me some, I feel like I've seen that in some horror movie before, but like, they do it really well in this where it's like, you know, you're not going to see anything with the flash the first time that they do it, but you're going to see something on the Polaroids. And it's like, we, like I said, it's the movies jump scares aren't like boom, big noise. Then jump scare. It's just the like only it messes scary, with the atmosphere. The only scary jump scare is the end jump scare. Yes. Where you get the demon's face. Yes. Um, but it's a lot of like atmosphere. It's a lot of camera placement. It's a lot of are you paying attention to the background of things? And it's also a lot of like we can relate to this as we went through the Zoom era. Exactly. It's scary. It's scary. It's just yeah. straight up just when like. When people just like up and leave their their setting and you just have like a chair and all that empty space in the it's background. It's scary. You're that, expecting something to happen. Exactly. Um, I have to kind of commend this movie a little bit i i really enjoyed it and i think this is a um really creative venture and i love when i hear stories about people that have used lockdown and used the quarantine to just be super duper creative and i've always talked about like how i got into all of this stuff like after i mean uh, like my whole thing is like i I wish I had better hobbies. Yeah, yeah. Like, I wish I was intuitive enough to make a movie during lockdown. I wish I learned how to play an instrument. That's what I'm saying. I wish I podcasted during lockdown. I just ran. I ran a ton during (laughs) lockdown to the point where my calves hardened and I couldn't walk like a normal human being for several days. Yeah, so I got to appreciate, like, the people that took the time, that took the effort, they used lockdown positively and creatively and came up with this... 56 minute banger of a horror movie and whether it is considered a short movie or a feature movie i think it's really effective and we've been talking brie and i about the found footage subgenre of horror and you know why we love that subgenre so much and it's partially because you almost feel very vulnerable 
in watching found footage, like you have no control over where you're going. You're just going where the camera's taking you. Like we said, we said that with, um, we watched Grave Encounters a couple weeks ago, also on Shudder. And uh, Grave Encounters, we've, that, that's we've, how wa- I we've felt seen in it Grave before. Encounters. We've both seen it before. We've both seen it several times before. And Anthony loves to talk to me about it because, um, I was like, I find the way they deal with time in Grave Encounters to be so fascinating. Yeah. Because like, oh, I'm going off into a tangent about Grave Encounters. If you haven't seen it, you got you have to see it. Um, we will not be reviewing Grave Encounters because I just we just watched it. We just watched and it. I'm not watching um, it again. It's very interesting how they play with time because the people have definitely stepped into like the ghost dimension. A vortex, yeah. Like a time vortex, a ghost dimension, if you will. And so time is moving extremely fast for them. They're existing in different time and space than when they left. Mm-hmm. And there's a two movies. The second one's a little weird. The second one is weird because the people from the first one are the ghosts in the second one. Like they, but they're not really ghosts. They're just existing in a different dimension. Right, right. It's crazy. Anyway, it's very fascinating. I love playing with time and space like that. Um, But I love that, like... It's also why I love As Above, So Below. Yes, that's similar. Also, this movie, speaking of similar found footage movies, Unfriended, very similar here. But but what do you... Do you think that this movie did it better? I do think it did it better. I think it did it better with less... And sometimes less is more. I think Unfriended tried too hard to be a Zoom movie. Yes. And it was made way before the Zoom era on the Skype era. Yeah. But similar in concept. Well, Skype, Zoom, same difference. Similar in concept, but Scarier. I think. Yeah. I think this one had a little bit more love in, in it. Yeah. And a little bit more of like, we're doing something fun. We're doing something cool. It, it honestly felt as though they were making this movie to say like, Let's just do something creative during the quarantine. Like, let's try to make it the best that we could possibly make it. So I think that it felt like it was just a bunch of friends that came together and were like, fuck it, let's make a movie, you know? Um, So you can tell, like, the love is there and you can tell that the energy is there and that they tried and that they wanted this to happen. And I think it really shows in this movie because the creativity and the way that they film some of these things and the way that they use Zoom and the way that they played upon our fears of Zoom. It wasn't the fear of the pandemic, right? Like, none of this had anything to do with coronavirus, which is cool. It wasn't the fear of the pandemic, because that's already, like, a legit fear that people had. But it's, like, it's this fear of open space. It's this fear of atmosphere and being alone. It's this fear of um, not being with people you know because they say multiple times that well it's okay that we're not all together right now holding hands but is it is it okay that they're not all together i think the reason why it goes so off the rails is because it isn't something you could easily dissolve though when you summon a spirit that is a demonic spirit it doesn't leave like a normal spirit leaves Mm -hmm. you can't just cut the cord and it's gone it's not leaving yeah you invited a malicious spirit i watch these movies sometimes and i'm like i would never want to mess with the supernatural stuff yeah he's always bothering me for a ouija and i have said multiple times no ouijas in this house i'm not smart enough to 
do this in a safe way you know I, like do I, a seance i'm in a safe i'm way. smart to do it in a safe way i just i don't want to accidentally do it wrong there's so it's the same reason why i won't do a curse no i won't we don't want to mess I, with that i don't want to do a curse because i don't feel comfortable enough in my spells that i could do a curse and not accidentally curse myself yeah what well like what's an example of a curse like bad luck yeah like just simple bad luck yeah well you already have bad luck so could it get worse yeah (laughs) (laughs) we do we anthony and i have the worst luck we're the worst lucky people in the world my sister born with a horseshoe in her hand yeah my my younger sister so freaking lucky Mm mm-hmm so that brings us, I suppose, to the end of our conversation about this movie. Um, now, I have not been keeping track of what's on our list of the top 100 and what's not on our list. Do you want to put this one on the list? No, but I liked it. I thought yeah, it was I felt the same way. I feel like with found, found footage, this is like the direction that found footage should go and the the not using zoom but like the creativity involved with using it Mm -hmm. because there when we watch the paranormal activity movies it's like the first couple was always like what can we do better you know what can what new tricks can we do with the camera what new innovations can we make and then they stopped doing all of that um and then they got lazy so it's nice when we have like a modern found footage movie because found footage has kind of run its course, I think, as a subgenre. Like we did it too much in the mid 2010s and now it's like people don't want to try it anymore. Um, but I think where, where we lose found footage is when we get lazy and it's it's a subgenre that's so fun to experiment with and you can be really creative with how you use the camera and what it's used for and the use of space and the use of filming. So it's nice to see them get creative. Yeah. Yeah. In a, in a really tough time, like lockdown, being able to be creative is really fun. Um, so yeah, I appreciate it for that. And it doesn't go on my list, but <laughs> oh, <laughs> she wrote me a message. Oh no, that was from last. That was from did. last time. Can I read? No, you can't oh, read the okay. message. Never mind. <laughs> okay. So last time we recorded, so like weeks and weeks ago. I didn't even, I just I, noticed this I now. wrote a note that said, because Anthony was blabbing on at the end of the, the podcast. And I'm like, so I wrote, hurry, I need to go to the bathroom again. But it's written like upside down. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like, it looks like a ghost wrote it um (laughs) hurry i need to use the toilet again so it does not make my list but i appreciate the creativity i appreciate the passion the effort and how much fun it seemed like they had making this and all the cool little techniques um which also inspires me after seeing this movie to reflect back on found footage and say brie at the start of the new year do you want to do a collection of found footage movies sure Yay! And does not all have to be horror, because this know, might as well majority, just be a horror movie majority, podcast. It's always horror. Yeah, it might as well be a horror movie podcast. But so let's talk about where we're going. Where we're going next? Yes. Um, sorry, I'm a little spooked. I thought I heard banging. No banging. And um, yeah, it's a little spooky. But where are we going next? So. Uh, next week we'll begin our uh, formal like bleed into Christmas theme 
where we'll be doing American Psycho next. After that, we'll be going Gremlins, then A Nightmare Before Christmas, and capping off uh, right around Christmas time will be the movie Elf. We're going to do Will Ferrell's Elf, John Favreau's Elf. And uh, the last podcast that we're going to release for 2022 will be right before New Year's Eve, and uh, we will be hosting the first annual Reviewies. The Reviewies! Yes, we'll be taking a collection of our top five most favorite movies that we've reviewed on the podcast in the past year, and our top five worst movies that we've reviewed on the podcast, or least favorite movies. And then we'll be giving out our award for uh, best review and worst review at the end of the Viewies, um, right before... Um, New Year's Eve. Does that sound like a good schedule to you, Brie? Sounds like a good schedule to me. Fantastic. Well, I'm glad we got an opportunity to kind of ease our way back into uh, season two of our beloved podcast uh, after being gone on such a long hiatus. I hope uh, I hope you had fun with this one, Brie. I did. Yeah. So for the review podcast, you can follow us on um, Instagram at review underscore pod. Um, you can send us an email at reviewpodcast1 at gmail.com. I'm going to be hosting a Zoom meeting no, you're as not. well. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not. And we'll be hosting no, a No, you're not. <laughs> um, you can follow Anthony. Oh, actually, RIP Twitter. Yeah. Probably, no, yeah, probably, by, probably by the time this comes out, RIP Twitter. Yeah, we're not even going to mention it. If you want to get a hold of me, you got to start a Zoom call. Start a seance. I'll appear shortly. Just don't make shit up or I won't show up and I'll be a demon instead. That's fair. I think those are fair rules. Fair rules. All righty. So let's wrap this thing up. Um, We will be back next week with uh, American Psycho. And for the review podcast, my name's Anthony. And I'm Brie. And rate us the five stars and you can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I I biffed the ending there. Can we restart? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, for the review podcast, my name's Anthony. And I'm Bree. And we'll see you next time. Skippy. The review podcast, yeah.